Welcome to Trending Health, where we provide you with valuable insights and perspectives on the evolving healthcare industry. Brought to you by Dynamic, Trending Health explores industry topics that are real, relevant, and worth discussing. I'm your host, Jen Burke. In this Trending News EU episode, we're going to discuss some key insights from the Reuters Pharma 2023 conference that was held in Barcelona last month. I'm here with Dynamic's Jack Young, Adrian McCo, and Gemma Fister, who attended the conference and are here to share with you what they learned. Jack, can you start by telling our listeners just a little bit about the conference itself? Sure, Jen. The conference took place mid-April. It was over three days, and it had the tagline, Transform Pharma, Reinvent Healthcare, and Unlock Access. It had around 1,000 attendees from all over the globe, 150-plus speakers, and they actually represented 100% of the top 50 pharma companies. So a really great, diverse audience that was present at the conference. There's a combination of presentations, workshops, case studies, and roundtables across the following core areas. These were patient engagement, marketing, commercial, medical affairs, digital health, and market access and real-world evidence. We had the pleasure of being a supporting sponsor at the conference, and we also hosted a roundtable at the event, and we're going to cover that a little bit more detail later on, but... As part of this episode, we really wanted to share with our listeners some of the key learnings and takeaways that we took away from attending the conference. So really excited to share that with our listeners today. Thanks, Jack, for taking us through that. It certainly sounds like it was a very engaging event. I'm curious, Adrian, what were some of the key themes and learnings that you took away from the conference? So actually, the first thing that really comes to my mind was a strong focus on uh, digital throughout the, the conference. So there were numerous discussions on uh, artificial intelligence with the like of ChatGPT, which is obviously a very trendy topic, but also a lot of interest regarding future digital health solutions, uh, with, for example, the raise of digital therapeutics as a viable uh, treatment option. Customer experience innovation was also quite predominant. And during this event with the initial customer engagement being clearly a central team for both medical and commercial functions. I mean, I found this super interesting because, you know, it really reflects the importance of data and technology across the life sciences value chain today. Personally, I love that digital was such a focus based on, you know, my own selfish interests as well as where Dynamics expertise lies. Adrian, could you tell us a little bit more about your favorite session when it comes to digital health? There were really a lot of presentation or sessions that actually did call out digital health as one of the key elements of the discussion. One that I actually really found interested was focusing on patient-reported outcomes as through digital health tools. And basically, they were exploring how to gain buy-in from physicians through the right vision and approach, why collaboration with partners across the healthcare ecosystem is critical, including smaller players, and finally, the importance of a patient-centric mindset to achieve success, which is, again, something we have heard several times throughout the conference. I'm glad to hear that patient-centricity and collaboration were really at the heart of those discussions when it comes to digital health. When I think about collaboration and patient centricity more broadly, my mind really gets drawn to medical affairs as a key partner in those activities. Gemma, what was the medical affairs representation and engagement like at this conference? 
Thanks, Jen. I love that positioning of the medical affairs function as really the voice of the patient. And it was really great to see that there was such a strong representation from the medical affairs function right across the conference. Of course, medical affairs is a real passion area for Vynamic. Overall, we saw that medical affairs is really gathering pace in building out their capabilities in digital health and omni-channel engagement and all the different facets that that brings. So really being creative about how they gather and leverage data and insights so that they are in turn better informing how disease is managed, how decisions are made within the treatment algorithm, and ultimately how this is translating to better patient care. A couple of the things that really struck me was something that we might have not thought would happen as quickly as it probably is happening, which is more of a convergence between the commercial and the medical affairs function. When we think about treating patients and delivering a true omnichannel experience, there's a recognition that there's a lot in common between what commercial has been doing for some years now, but also what medical affairs needs to do in terms of really ensuring that there is the education and support that's provided to patients. And we saw increasingly collaborative efforts across the different functions to ensure that both commercial and medical is appropriately listening to and addressing the voice of the patient. I would say another aspect that came through was a recognition that we need to experiment. Being truly omnichannel for medical affairs is not a one and done thing. It takes time. And I loved the pragmatism and some of the group discussions where there was recognition that you need to try and fail in some areas, right? And test and learn. One speaker said, actually, you just might need to realize that the first six months of data are trash that you get back from Omnichannel. And that, I think, was quite enlightening for a lot of the participants, but really very valuable in terms of a learning that this pharma company is going through as they create and deliver Omni. The other one where there was a fair bit of excitement across the MetaFairs folks was, of course, ChatGPT. While most folks raised their hand to say, yeah, they've already tried what ChatGPT is, clearly there is a long way to go to work out how this actually will be pulled through meaningfully into engagement with HCPs, for example. The last area I'll call out is around creativity and what data are gathered and how the data are synthesized and used to enable digital health and omni-channel experience for HCPs. There was an absolutely fantastic presentation where this concept of scientific alignment score was described where the premise is that just having data is not enough. It's like, how do you bring in the HCP behaviors? And also, how do you really help that HCP um, have the confidence to make the best therapeutic decision for that patient in front of you at any one point in time? Thanks, Gemma. So we've talked a little bit about medical affairs. We've talked a little bit about digital health. When I think about Dynamics interests, my interest personally, I think one of the big three that we haven't talked about yet is patient engagement. Jack, can you tell me a little bit about what that track was like at the conference? As you know, and probably some of the listeners, given I've recorded some other podcasts in this space, this is the area of my greatest passion. So at the conference, I really prioritized attending patient-focused sessions. For those that have got deep experience in this space, none of this will actually come across as surprising or new perhaps, but Still very important to highlight is there are some real areas in which require further attention to really move the needle in terms of being more patient-centric. And one of those was the need to really get better at effectively measuring the impact of patient-centric efforts. So 
at present, a lot of pharmaceutical companies are looking at tactical things like ROI or scripts, but not really looking at the qualitative and more non-traditional measures to measure the impact of being patient-centric on the organization. Gaining input across all phases of the assets lifecycle. So pharma companies tend to prioritize their efforts towards the back end in terms of commercialization and post-commercialization. But actually, it's important to get patient input all the way across from candidate selection right the way through the different phases of clinical trials to really make a tangible impact. Placing the patient at the heart of decision making. So trying to think about when you're doing an initiative, have you thought about the patient? Is it going to improve patient outcomes? It really talks to about a mindset shift that we need to move people towards in terms of being more patient focused in their decision making. And then lastly, doubling down on finding ways to scale remote monitoring and patient reported outcomes through technology like artificial intelligence. At present, it's very resource intensive and a senior director at Novartis was calling this out in terms of trying to look at the data that comes through an AI. It's not sophisticated enough to look at it. You have to be very manual in the way you're looking at the monitoring data. So there's a bit of a way to go there, but movement in the right direction. And just to close this one out, a survey was completed at the conference and it had the following question. What defining quality will most contribute to farmers' ability to lead healthcare reform? Patient-first decision-making was the highest factor in that poll with nearly half of all the votes. You know, and thinking there was a thousand pharma leaders there representing top 50 of pharma, and they thought that patient-first decision-making was the highest factor, quite powerful. Particularly when you think about it beat areas such as digital transformation, innovation in data, and insights capabilities. I'm glad you were able to focus so deeply on patient engagement during the conference, Jack. I know that is a passion area for you. And I think you might be being a little bit humble. You did a little bit more than just really focus on attending those sessions. I understand that Dynamic, and more specifically, you actually hosted a roundtable on the highs and lows of patient initiative impact measurement. Could you share some of the details around that session with our listeners? The roundtable had representation from pharma leaders across AstraZeneca, Novartis, Takeda, and Boehringer Ingelheim. And to provide a bit of context before I go into the roundtable outputs and hear from both Gemma and Adrian, who helped facilitate said roundtable, is that surveys were completed by Accenture between 2015 and 2020, which involved 12,000 patients. And they found that despite the huge significant investment in this space, only one in five patients are actually aware of these services. And that level didn't actually change between 2015 and 2020, nor did the utilization of these services. And when I talk about services, these include things like patient support programs, chatbots, and online communities. And actually a key reason for this is that many companies aren't effectively measuring that impact on the patient experience, and they're rather focusing on more tactical measures, such as financial and activity metrics. So once I'd introduced the topic, we covered three core areas as part of our discussion. We wanted to start with understanding some of the barriers in terms of effectively measuring the impact, but then really moving the discussion on to some kind of solutions to help solve this really important challenge that exists within the industry today. So perhaps Gemma, you'd be able to share some of the barriers that came out of that roundtable discussion for our listeners. There were a few, some of which are a work in progress, and I'd like to just walk through a couple of them just now. So first of all, certainly there is a prevalence of siloed org structures. So here, for example, there was feedback that 
commercial medical R&D patient safety don't necessarily speak to each other. So while they might be, for example, each gathering insights across the different functions, they aren't necessarily shared, which is obviously a missed opportunity that can be addressed. Another one is really making sure that solutions are being designed where we always ask why. What is the problem that we're looking to solve here? And what is the specific patient solution going to be for? Because when we really understand that it's rooted in a strong rationale, then we can make sure that there's going to be impact delivered to the patient. And we can also measure the impact. I'd say a third one was around the limited data sharing and access that we see. So again, similar to the siloed org structure, while there's a lot of data and a lot of investment in generating data internally, it's not necessarily shared properly and synthesized properly. So there's certainly opportunity here to make sure that impact data related to the patient are appropriately shared and utilized. A fourth would be making sure that the sharing of best practices and lessons learned. So essentially making sure that we keep on learning. So have that test and learn mindset and make sure we're not wasting valuable resources by starting things from scratch over and over again, which we heard as a key theme from the roundtable. Another one then is what is our horizon when we think about when we measure? So we certainly heard that there was a focus on near term measures, but what are the optimal long-term measures and how can we best make sure that we are clear on what a long-term measure output looks like from a patient perspective? And the very last one I'll focus here on is looking beyond quant measures and ROI and really make sure that we're being more creative on looking at non-traditional KPIs. What might those be? So it's important to make sure that we're always working towards health outcomes that really, truly can speak to the impact that we're looking to achieve. Thanks, Gemma. I think we always try to leave our listeners here with a bit of a positive note or at least a few tangible things that they can really take back to their organizations to consider and potentially even put into practice. Adrian, could you tell us about a few of the suggestions that came up at the roundtable when you were discussing what could actually move the needle here? One thing that actually everyone during this roundtable was really in agreement with was the fact, actually, the need for more cross-pharma collaboration. Go beyond the existing borders between each different companies and work together, maybe through the form of a consortium, to avoid duplication or replication of effort and really focus on patients. This requires actually a high level of transparency and accountability between participants, and they really emphasize on the need to build trust in the system and create a healthy environment for collaboration across all partners. Something else that was mentioned as well was the need to really start with the patients. You know, like this patient-centricity piece that we mentioned already a few times in this podcast, having a patient-centric approach to make sure that what we do is relevant to the patients and ideally co-create when we can with patients or patient groups to really develop solutions that are aligned with their needs and preferences. And related to this, a third one, which I found quite interesting because it's not something we hear actually a lot, is being mindful of patients' time, right? So someone say, please don't exhaust the patient community. So basically, patients are tired. They have like uh, difficult conditions. They want to move on with their lives. What some of the stakeholders in this roundtable were saying that we really need to be mindful when we engage with them. And it's important to do this in a concerted way within an organization, obviously. You know, we mentioned like commercial and, and medical teams before. 
but also if we can, like in a concerted way across pharmaceutical companies as well. Yeah, thanks, Adrian. I can agree with you more. It doesn't come up too much around being mindful of patients' time, but it's critically important, as you said. So just a couple more things coming up from the recommendations from the roundtable. One was around exploring new funding models for patient organizations to partner in this really healthy and independent way with the private sector to really help build trust in the system. And lastly, gaining diverse perspectives and engaging with patients that are isolated or underserved. As these patients are ones that are typically hard to find, you have to engage them at the settings in which they tend to be present at, things like churches, because the challenge that the industry has at present is many of the patients that are engaged by pharma companies, what we call empowered or activated patients, they're actually very knowledgeable. So you've got to find ways of getting real true patient perspectives by looking outside of those more activated patients and looking at more underserved to really get a holistic understanding of the patient's unmet needs. I love this idea of having to really search below the surface when it comes to the patient perspective and patient centricity, looking for that hidden side of the iceberg. And it really feels like the three of you were able to go deep at this conference. So I just want to thank you for coming on the podcast today and letting myself and all of our listeners get a chance to learn from the conference, even though we weren't able perhaps to attend it live. For our listeners who are interested in learning more and viewing Vynamic's strategic report from this roundtable, please email info at Vynamic.com or visit Vynamic.com slash connect, both of which are linked in our show notes. As we know, the only constant in the healthcare industry is change, so I can't wait to hear what we're talking about next time. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Trending Health. For links to resources discussed in the episode, to subscribe to the Trending Health podcast, and explore if Dynamic can help your company manage ongoing healthcare industry change, visit trendinghealth.com. Tune into the next episode where we look forward to providing you with more insights on the healthcare industry.